Hey there, you've turned into Sorting Pin, the California Cattlemen podcast. Every day at the California Cattlemen's Association, we're sorting through the issues impacting you, California's ranching families and producers. I'm your host and CCA's Director of Communications, Katie Roberti, and this podcast is to discuss those issues, talk about solutions, and keep ranchers and the ranching community current on what's happening in Sacramento and beyond. Tune in every other Monday for a brand new episode, and I hope you enjoy this brand new episode that's about to begin right now. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sorting Pin, the California Cattlemen podcast. If you missed our last episode, go check it out. We had CCA's Vice President of Government Affairs, Kirk Wilbur, on the podcast. He talked through some of the priorities for CCA during the last month of legislative session, which is happening right now until September 14th. Go check that out. He talks about some of the wins we've already had this year and what to expect from the last couple weeks of the legislature this year. Today, though, we're talking about something new, and that's county climate action planning. And we're talking about why ranchers should be aware of them. Um, If you have no idea what a climate action plan is, you're definitely not alone. But we have two friends on the podcast today that are going to help explain it to us. And then another friend that is very familiar to everyone on the podcast, Noah Lopez from the Ranchers Technical Assistance Program, is going to talk about them as well. Noah and Jack, Noah's counterpart, have been researching and engaged on climate issues and climate actions planning for a while now. So Noah and I actually flew down to San Diego this morning and we're in Santa Isabel. Um, We just wrapped up participating in a tour with officials from San Diego County um, who came to see how ranchers in the county are actually running their ranch, what they're doing on the land and how the plan could kind of work for them and not work for them, which we'll get into. So we have Allison and Bryce Fender with us as well. So it's going to be a full house. We rarely have four people on the podcast, so that's going to be fun. (laughs) So before we go any further, thanks everyone for joining me. And um, I know it was a busy morning for everyone. Well, thanks for having us. We loved having all of you here and it was a, it was a fun time. As I mentioned, Allison and Bryce generously hosted two people from San Diego County to come see their ranch. We were able to come down and talk with them as well and walk and see the ranch, learn more about your guys' operation, some of the things that are unique to you in San Diego County. Uh, It was great to be part of it and hats off to you two for being willing to open up your space to help others learn about it. I know it's really important, not just for climate action plans, but it's always a leap of faith to let someone on your land. So thanks for letting us (laughs) on as well. Yeah. So I want to talk more about how you two got connected with San Diego County and why you decided to engage in it. So before then, maybe we can get into like little brief bio of who you guys are, what you do down here, and then we'll jump into kind of talking more about what the plans are. Sounds good. Well, my name is Allison Fender. My husband and I are here together today, and we own and operate Flying F Ranch in San Diego County. We're just about an hour outside of downtown San Diego. So we are on a multi-generational cattle ranch. And long story short, my husband and I started our own direct-to-consumer Black Angus beef business. And with that, I do a lot of social media for our business. And I'm also part of the Trailblazer program that NCBA funds and the Beef Checkoff. That has been a really great program and a great resource for myself. And with that, I came across a post that the San Diego County Sustainability Program had posted on Earth Day that part of taking care of the environment is to reduce your red meat consumption. So I had something to say about it. I feel like I was respectful in that post or in that comment that I made and that basically retaliated and caused them to reach out to myself and another fellow producer in the county 
to have a conversation on Zoom and talk about this climate action plan. So that's how I got involved with it. I basically, on that Zoom call, invited them to come to the ranch and see the place for themselves so they can see what we do as ranchers and how we take care of the land, the cattle, and just make everything work full circle in our area. Well, thanks for sharing that. Bryce, I know you're involved too, just from talking, but we'll get in more to that. Yep, I got, drug, I got drug into it all. And <laughs> I'm, it's usually I'm how it works. I'm learning as I go too, which I think is a good perspective to be in, like in the whole conversation, being kind of the outsider in the conversation, not having any preconceived notions of what to expect and just the data that's being presented and kind of the plans that are being presented. I have no background in knowing. So yeah. it's interesting coming from that angle because that's the angle that a lot of the listeners and a lot of the farmers, ranchers and in the county are going to come from. So Maybe you can start by giving us kind of a rundown on what climate action planning is, who's driving these plans. And I don't even know when did they start coming about. San Diego County was talking about how they're revising theirs right now. So it's not brand new. Tell us what you know about them. Certainly. But not everything, because I know you wrote a 25 page document <laughs> on it. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll keep it really brief. So climate action plans or caps were prompted by several pieces of legislation uh, that started kind of in 2006 and have escalated all the way up until last year. There was more recent legislation that came down from the state and mandates local governments to reduce their emissions. Another reason that local governments will often write these plans is because they want to comply with the California Environmental Quality Act, CEQA. And CEQA allows county caps to produce or counties to produce caps instead of going through the CEQA process for each individual permit that they issue, they can just rely on the cap. And so there's a big savings in time and resources if they produce a cap instead of going through a secret process for every action they want to take. That was a great like rundown to start with. I mentioned just kind of and briefly threw it out there that you have a 25 page document. So you and I mentioned Jack Rice at Western Resource Strategies have been working on a document called Range Cattle in California County Climate Action Plan, a rancher's guide to understanding and engaging in climate action planning. It's the shortest title I could possibly <laughs> But with support from the Cattle Council, um, it extensively explains what caps are, why ranchers should care about the plans and incorporate them, how counties are working on them. You have done a lot of work on it. In the creation of the guide, like how did that come about? Was it from ranchers talking about climate action planning? Did you start reviewing plans and having concerns? How did you get into that? And then what are some of the components of it? It actually came about because Jack, who uh, runs some cattle up in Humboldt County, was keeping an eye out on their cap update and saw some things that looked interesting from a cattle producer's point of view. And so we started to look at caps and look at them, not just in Humboldt County, but in all sorts of counties throughout California and noticed that there were some areas where it seemed like cattle might be misrepresented in caps or the reduction strategies that were offered or talked about in caps seemed like they wouldn't really be very feasible for producers. And so we decided that it might be worth looking into how these are being developed and rolled out across the state. Generally, caps are kind of three components. They, they take a look at the emissions of an area. So they'll look at emissions by sector and one sector is usually agriculture and one part of that sector is usually livestock. So they'll say how many cattle are in the county and they'll say every head of cattle, you know, produces this amount of methane per year and that equals this amount of GHG equivalency or that contributes to this amount of emissions. Next thing they'll do is they'll try to set a goal to reduce emissions. So they'll say in the entire county or within the agriculture sector or even within the livestock uh, sector, we want to reduce emissions by 20% or by 30%. And, and those goals are really uh, the goals that are set forth in that state legislation I referenced earlier. 
And then the final component of a cap is the reduction strategies, the actual ways they're going to get there. Those are what really matter to producers. In some counties, those are kind of regulatory approaches. So in some counties, they'll say, we want producers to adopt electric equipment by X number of years. In other counties, that might be more of an incentive-based approach. They might say, hey, we want to encourage producers to adopt climate smart practices that sequester more carbon on their rangelands and we're going to help fund it. And so there's a broad way that that's done. And it does matter to producers to kind of go look at how their counties are approaching that and be involved in the discussion and try to help help the, the county staff and the people preparing the, the plans understand what might work for producers and what might not. And I know in the document you do give, I mean, it is a guide for ranchers. So you talk about ways that ranchers can go about it. What are some of the like key concerns that are frequently arising for ranchers as counties are working on these plans? Definitely uh, looking at the actual cattle population data seems to be uh, an important point. It's really hard to actually figure out how many head of cattle are in a county, especially because cattle move, as we all know. Um, and so uh, it can be really difficult and overestimation will lead to a unduly sized amount of the emissions in the county being ascribed to cattle. It's important to look at those numbers as a producer and kind of just ground truth them a little bit and say, does that look right? And maybe figure out where they're getting their data. Another issue to look at is the actual science of how they calculate the emissions once they have that cattle population data. There's uh, different approaches and some approaches have been proven and shown to overestimate cattle emissions. Um, and the really nerdy uh, part of the paper, but there's a, there's a lot to do with the way methane actually works and the way methane gets converted into this greenhouse gas equivalency, but essentially looking at how they're actually calculating the emissions. And then, like I said, the reduction strategies in those areas where the actual practices that they recommend within the plan, those are really important to look at because in some cases they're really not feasible for producers. In other cases, there could be areas where it could be an opportunity for a producer, like the incentive programs we kind of talked about today with the county staff from San Diego. I know there's a lot of other things mentioned in, like I said, the 25 page paper. So we'll definitely be sure to link that in the podcast description. So if you're listening and interested in learning more about it, definitely use that as a resource. I want to jump back to you, Allie and Bryce. You talked a little bit about how you got involved with San Diego County. You were fully engaged on social media with them. Allie, are you willing to share a little bit more about how today happened? What conversations did you have on Zoom that led to them coming out? And how did you even figure out who to talk to? Did the county reach out to you or which stakeholders did you get involved? The county actually reached out to us. And when I did the comment on a social media post, it was on Instagram. And originally they had sent me a message and said, can we talk? And what's your email? We would love to have a conversation with you. And there was another rancher in the county who also engaged on this post. So we both ended up being on a Zoom call with the county. So that's kind of how that conversation developed. And with that conversation on Zoom, we talked about different plans and ideas that could work for fellow producers in um, livestock, at least, because that's what my expertise is. I don't do any farming in San Diego County. So we basically gave our perspective of what we feel would be a good incentive. Some examples that we had discussed was fencing, water, basically like piping in new water troughs and things like that, rotational grazing. Um, How do we develop like smaller pastures on our bigger pastures that we already have now to implement 
rotational grazing, water quality. We've talked about composting, all sorts of things that could be valuable ideas for ranchers to utilize and even farmers to utilize in our county. So that's kind of how that conversation developed. And then somewhere along the conversation at the end, I said, you should come to our ranch so you can see what we do as producers. It was an open invite and I followed up with them like maybe a month later and said, hey, does anybody want to actually come and see what we do? Because I feel like there's such a disconnect from people who live in the urban and the city areas that they just don't really realize what they have in their own backyard and what the people in the backcountry are actually doing on our county level, at least. And I know that can be across the whole state or across the whole United States for that matter. But I think having that more open door communication and kind of allowing that onto your property is something beneficial because, you know, we're able to make those connections and those relationships and develop some sort of trust within our own county. And we can be some sort of value for them to be able to develop this program and make it work for ranchers like myself so that they aren't developing this program out of thin air. So they have somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of. They mentioned it was nice to put a face to the name Mm -hmm. of the plan that they're writing for people that's actually going to hopefully benefit or impact depending on how it's written up. So they were seemed very happy to be here today. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel? And this is open to everyone. The conversation went today about just ranching in general. Do you think they were receptive? Is there any concerns or anything you're really hopeful for um, out of the CAP update? I feel like the conversation went well. There were certain things that kind of like raise a little bit of an eyebrow just because these are people coming from a more government side of things. So that's always a little bit scary as being a producer or somebody who owns land like this. It was definitely, I was definitely nervous inviting them over and I'm happy that it went well and it didn't seem like it was anything like they were looking for something to like ding us on or anything like that. But I think it was beneficial to be able to show them exactly what we do here and then be able to come up with some ideas. Like, for example, they had mentioned composting as an idea that we can do on maybe on some of our hay pastures, which is something that we've never really considered. And that might be something interesting to try and see if it's beneficial for us for the hay growth or for even pasture land and stuff like that. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to add on that? It was a good conversation that brought up new issues for both like the county county level as well as like the producer level in ag and there were a lot of different viewpoints from both sides that were brought up that you know you're not aware of unless you're a part of that industry so being able to talk to county individuals about agriculture cattle what we do already that they don't notice because they're not having these conversations with with the farmers and ranchers. One of the things that they had mentioned is we were, us and maybe one other ranch were the only ones that they've reached out and actually had physical conversations with, helping facilitate that and being one of, you know, one of the ranches to be a part of that conversation, I think is valuable. We have a lot of citrus groves, avocado groves down here in San Diego County. So they had a lot of background with speaking with the farmers in those in those industries. Uh, but not a lot on the cattle cattle side. I think there needs to be a little bit of openness from all the industries so that we can make sure that we're covering all the, you know, basis that we're able to benefit and not just be told what we're going to have to do. That way we can help facilitate some of some of our concerns and the distrust that gets created from being told what you what you are going to do. <laughs> yeah, and we talked a little bit about that about ranchers having generations of 
concerns about people coming on their land because they got burned in the past or their grandpa got burned and it mm-hmm. impacted the whole ranch. But I think that's a great point you brought up. They did talk a lot about farming and ranching. And I think even just being out on the land, they were able to see this is totally different than row crops. Farmers mm-hmm. and ranchers get lumped together a lot, but yeah. different needs for sure are going to need to be met. No, I know you've been, like we said, involved with other plans. What kind of struck you about the conversation today? It seemed like uh, everybody was really receptive to, to hearing what you guys had to say as ranchers. And you guys were obviously super gracious hosts and hearing what their thoughts were about the cap. And I think that that was pretty cool to see and super encouraging because in other areas, we've kind of seen it be a little more confrontational. Mm-hmm. And so it's really encouraging to just see the people working on these plans, wanting to learn about what you guys, what works for you guys, what doesn't work for you guys, what concerns you guys might have. And it's really encouraging to see you guys want to have that conversation and be willing to have that conversation and have people out to your place. Um, and I think that's a really good way of being engaged in these programs and ultimately seeing them be something that's workable for ranchers and not just mm-hmm. uh, another regulatory program that is a, a burden. Yeah, and that's a lot of I feel like the conversation we were able to have with them today. As far as how you guys are going to stay engaged in the county, were there any like next steps discussed or what are your guys' plans for staying involved with the CAP program? I'm sure you'll keep in contact with the relationships and contacts you made today. Sounds like they're going to follow up with us on certain things. Um, there was a couple ideas raised or um, different other programs other than CAP that could be beneficial for somebody like ourselves. Sounds like they are taking down some notes and they're going to get back to us on different ideas and maybe they're going to do some other background research on certain topics that we had discussed today. So, you know, I'm expecting probably an email or maybe even a phone call or something about, you know, what the next steps are. So that's kind of where we kind of ended ended our conversation today. And yeah, I think it should be an interesting thing to develop and move forward. Yeah, I think they really appreciate it. Like we said, having the opportunity to have a human connection to the project that they're working on and the plan they're trying to update. What about you, Bryce? Anything you want to add on to that? No, I, I think it's going back to ag and trust issues. You know, I, I think it was beneficial for them to actually be able to put the face to the name and get a connection that we can help facilitate some of those issues that were brought up and some of the new possible practices that we can help to get progressed to what would actually be beneficial for ranchers. Hopefully they just continue to keep the door open both ways. You guys share with them. They share with you as the plan gets updated. Ali, you were pretty brave to comment on that post and then engage, have the Zoom, not really know what you were getting into, and then not only invite them, but follow up on the invite. What tips do you have for other ranchers that are maybe seeing, even if it's not related to CAPS, what kind of advice do you have for ranchers wanting to engage and um, talk with people? Maybe that it might be a little scary and a little intimidating, and there might be some past things to work through and get to that point. What recommendations do you have for engaging? I feel like it's tough to get that courage to put yourself out there and talk to people who are from government or the county or wherever outside resource that may be, because a lot of ranchers feel like they don't understand our way of life. And the way we do it is how we've always done it. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. We've always, we've all heard that story, but I think it's important to be able to bring them in and really showcase what we do in real life. And especially now. And For us, I feel like we're pretty open-minded on different ideas and things to implement on our own property just because, you know, we want to leave this land better than we found it. And, you know, being able to utilize some of these other resources that wouldn't be something that is in our wheelhouse, it's helpful to be able to, 
get that outside perspective and have that open door communication. And not only with like county cap and, you know, that kind of thing, but just being able to like share our story and share what we do as cattle producers that we really care about our land. We care about our cattle. We want to be able to sustain it for the future generations and keep our heritage alive. It's something that is I'm very passionate about and I want to make sure that I can continue our legacy forward. And I know that fellow producers that are listening to this podcast probably feel exactly the same. So I want to make sure that, you know, if you feel that you want to be able to engage with somebody within, whether it's your county or whatever the case may be, you know, be brave, be kind and be respectful. Don't be, you know, don't try to put any heavy hitters on them because that's not going to get anybody anywhere. But being able to have a respectful conversation with the other party will bring a light to the conversation and make it, you know, a little bit easier to deal with, I think. I feel like there's been a lot of disconnect in kind of society with ag and the negative connotation with ag that's been, you know, produced through the media over the last couple of decades. So having this like platform that we can engage in and let them actually visually see what we do for, for their own eyes, you know, word of mouth is going to be the most productive means of marketing for our industry. And if we can engage people that are in these in these positions to help promote the positivity of ag in our county and in our state and country, then we can hopefully start changing changing the view of ag, become a more positive influence in people's lives. I mean, we're, we're here because we love it and we love the lifestyle. We love the stewardship of the land, the animals, just the whole environment, you know, and to be targeted for not being environmentally friendly is, you know, hurts hurts us on the inside. Being able to have this platform that we're able to go and have conversa- open conversations with people that sit in those positions, I think is very valuable. And it's our chance to be able to speak freely and allow them to see what we actually do versus what the media feeds them. Yeah. And so much of the day, you didn't really have to speak they just looked around and saw with their own eyes. Yeah. You let them take pictures. They asked immediately if they could take pictures. So you never really know how far that's going to ripple down when they go to dinner tonight and tell their friends what they saw or mm-hmm. even work on the plan. Yeah. Good work, you two, for being willing to engage. Noah, I know, as I mentioned, you and Jack are keeping eyes on other county plans and working in other counties. Like I mentioned, some listeners, they might not know what a cap is or this might be the first time they've really like thought, oh, maybe I should be watching it. How can listeners or producers find out more about their county if they had if they have a plan if they're working on one if they're updating one where can producers go is it calling our tap or is there kind of a funnel where you can send them they could certainly reach out to uh, jack and i through the rancher technical assistance program our tap and that program is really designed to help with regulatory questions but it can certainly uh help kind of provide information about what the cat process might look like in any individual producer's area we also just had a webinar and katie can put that link in the description of this podcast, but we are going over in that webinar what caps are and how to be engaged. Finally, uh, if you want to see the full white paper, I believe it's available on the Cattle Council's website. You could certainly thumb through it or just look at the executive summary. It might give a better picture of what caps are and why they kind of matter to ranchers. Great point. I had mentioned earlier off recording that there's some great graphics in there that kind of boil down what they are and kind of like tangible things for ranchers to take away from and like be aware of if they're looking at caps. So like I mentioned, we'll post that paper in the podcast description. We'll post the link to the webinar um, that you guys did as well in the podcast description. 
Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything important on CAPS you want to hit on or just share about from the tour or that you think might be helpful? Again, I just think it would be a great idea just to at least like take a peek in what your county is doing right now. And it was nice because basically when this all boiled down, I reached straight to Katie because she had mess or emailed me about like, I don't know, maybe like eight months ago to reach out to her if I ever needed anything with the Trailblazer program. And I was like, Katie, I need something and I don't know what <laughs> I really need. So she got me connected with Noah and Jack and we ended up actually having our own Zoom call as well kind of talking about this stuff in a different level, more on the cattle producer side, because um, the county Zoom call was a little bit more specific to our area. So I wanted to see if there was any sort of things I needed to be aware of and how all this stuff worked, because as many of you listeners are probably on the same boat as me, I didn't know what a cap was until like a month ago. So I think uh, look into your county, reach out to, you know, people with the CCA. They're here to help us. Yeah, I think it was a, a good day. And I appreciate you guys flying down to sunny San Diego and seeing what we what we do down here. Yeah, thank you again yeah, for, having, for us. having us. It was, no, and I both said we'd never been to this part of the state, which is a fun part of working with cattlemen is you get to go to the towns no one would really know yeah, about. Yeah. So I definitely enjoyed being here and that's great advice. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to reach out, get help. Um, we're definitely here to do that. We'll let you guys get back. It's not too hot today. Yeah. Back to ranching all, all the chores <laughs> I'm sure you didn't get to do this morning. Uh, Noah, good to see you as always. I'm sure we'll hear more updates from you soon on what you and Jack are continuing to do with RTAP. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Again, be sure to check out the podcast description and we'll get those links to you. And we'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.